On today's episode of Double Down Trent, Aaron and I are wrapping up our futures bets for NCAA football by previewing the SEC Conference. Is Alabama going to take home the crown once again, or can Georgia, Florida, Auburn, one of these teams come in and steal the crown? We're giving the odds and some teams that you may want to bet on, and then we are bringing back a crowd favorite segment called Crossfire. This time, the model gets to answer all the questions that the man has churned up for him. So stick around for episode 39 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the model. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Once again, I am joined by my buddy Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Now, Air, I understand The Model is not at full strength today. What percentage would you put yourself at? I would say at most we're probably right around 10%. Mental capacity is rather low. (laughs) Baby. It's going to be a little loopy podcast. I'll tell you that right now. Before we even get into anything, I just want to say 33 days until college football, my friend, and about 44 until NFL. This thing Ugh. is coming around the corner. It's close. NFL training camps are starting probably this week, maybe at the end of the week. NCAA, they're probably in camp right now. You can just smell football around the corner. Can you just imagine six months from now, your New York football giants will be holding that Super Bowl trophy over their heads and just celebrating everything that is Eli Manning? Okay. (laughs) You know, for someone who said this is going to be a loopy podcast, you're starting with some shots. I also want to say the realization that OBJ, Odell Beckham, is not on the Giants actually hit me hard today. Uh, prior to recording, I watched a segment uh, about Baker Mayfield. He started talking about Odell and how good it is. And I saw him in the Browns uniform, and I got physically sick to my stomach. It's ah, – man, listen, I've, I'm so excited for football. I'm so happy it's around the corner. But that first weekend when I see Odell go off and they're just blowing up – He's on Sports Center. He's putting up fantasy points, and everyone's going to be like, "What were the Giants thinking?" As Eli throws four interceptions, it's going to be some dark days, man. Hey, Daniel Jones. That's all I have to say, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Hey, listen, I've uh, I've overcome my animosity at this point. All I can do is hope he's a good good player. I don't think we're going to see much of him at least early in the season. But hey. It's football season, man. Just despite the Giants being sucky and shitty, I'm still excited. So before we jump into any of our content, I just wanted to plug a couple things about Double Down Trent. Uh, If you guys listen to the podcast, which you obviously are, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, or really wherever you get your podcasts because we use Anchor. It pushes it out to all those sites. So feel free to continue subscribing and listening to us there. If you're on Twitter, if you're hip, like the man is over there, (laughs) you can find us at Double Down Corp or on Instagram at Double Down Trent. Or finally, we have a website. Did you know that? I knew that. Okay. Our I website. Don't think we, that. <laughs> <laughs> we are at doubledowntrent.com. We uh, put a lot of our competitions up there. You guys can go poke around and see what's there. 
Uh, I know that that's where we'll be doing our college football competition when the season actually gets going. And uh, come check us out. Man, you're taking shots at me. I kind of like it. I mean, we, we should operate at 10% more often. <laughs> we're just, just wait. We're getting started. Yeah. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. We got some good feedback from role players. Going to keep that doing, uh, keep that going, I should say. Um, if you listen to us on Apple, please leave us a review. I know it may seem like we're asking for stuff from you guys, but help some podcasters in need here, okay? Just throw us some, throw us a freaking bone here. We need some love, of course. I'll- that was an old Dr. Evil impression. Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> that was that was better than the first one, for yeah, sure. I started it midway through. <laughs> All right, so in this podcast, we are starting with a little SEC futures betting. Are you ready for this? Yeah, man. So we've done a number of the big power conferences in the NCAA football. We're saving, I think, the best for last, or we got a few more. I've, I've honestly forgotten how many we've done so far, but SEC is the big one. This is the big one, and this is the last of the Power Five. Maybe we get loopy again and do a little Mountain West action or something else, but this is going to be the last one that we for sure do, and uh, we'll see kind of where we land. Yeah, and I got to say right at the outset that my uh, opinion on this might be slightly biased because I am now a de facto Georgia fan. Okay, My fiance went to Georgia. Her family's in Georgia. She's from Georgia, so I have now become a de facto Georgia fan. So I want to put that out there before we start this uh, analysis. All right. I, I see you're wearing red as we're doing this podcast too. So that seems to fit rather, rather nicely. Yeah. May or may not be a Georgia shirt. The listeners will never know. <laughs> okay. So just to frame the conversation before we start, um, it's not a shock to a lot of people that Alabama is the huge favorite to win the SEC conference this year. Um, they, what I'm seeing for them is right around minus 155 uh, for their odds to win. Um you know, the, the closest second, and it's a distant, distant second, is Georgia. I'm seeing them anywhere from uh, plus 280 to plus 300. And then well, well behind them is going to be uh, LSU, Florida, and other folks around plus 1,400 or plus 1,500, depending on where you're looking. So just to kind of ballpark all that stuff, uh, what we're basically saying is that Alabama is likely to be the champion you know, well more than 50% of the time, Georgia, Florida, these other guys are significantly less Florida or sorry, Georgia around maybe 20%, 25%. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I can't do the math, Florida, less than 10% and everyone else very, very small amounts. So that's kind of what we're uh, contextualizing to start. Yeah. And what's crazy about the sec is that it's such a deep conference. I mean, top to bottom, you usually have five or six teams that are always going to be competitive that are probably going to be in the top 25 at some point. Uh, but it is, it has been top heavy the past few seasons. You always can count on Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. I really feel like those are the big teams right now. You always, you can obviously throw in Auburn. I mean, there's, there's a ton of talent in that, that conference. Um, we're going to talk about a few other teams here, but real quick, I just want to rule out Florida. Okay. And I know we haven't even talked about them. We barely mentioned their odds. I just think for a, a major program like Florida, the amount of transfers they've had in the past two seasons is unbelievable. And that cannot be good for the morale of the team. It cannot be good for recruiting, even though they keep getting these studs. But for a program like Florida, who's had its issues with legal things, recruiting violations, coaching changes, I'm shocked that they still have this much talent with all these players just departing their program. Yeah. And to me, I actually don't know some, some of those transfers. I'm not sure how much offensive and defensive production that they were getting from those guys. 
So to me, when I was looking at that stat, uh, they re- they return a significant amount of both offense and de- defensive production. So just in terms of all the teams, they're ranked 26 overall. So they are definitely one of the teams that is getting more folks back last year to this year. So you would kind of insinuate that they are going to continue to be good. But I actually haven't done enough homework to know are some of those transfers super critical guys that they were getting huge amounts of uh, value from. So a few of them are, but a few of them were literally like guys they just recruited this offseason and they be incoming freshmen and they are already transferring out. So I just think something about the culture right now at Florida is just off. And I don't think that's going to translate onto the field. Now, obviously, that's a completely uh, opinionated statement on my part. But something about when you transfer out that many people, something's wrong. Something's happened there. Yep, I totally hear you. Okay, so the the three teams I'm bringing you today are Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And <laughs> like some of the conferences we've talked about in the past, the SCC works very similar in that they have two divisions, an East and a West. And the you know the the team with the best record in that division is going to be the team that makes it into the conference championship game. So for the East side, uh, I'm just kind of assuming that Alabama is going to continue to have the run that they had, that they are going to be the team that represents the East. And unless something you know crazy upset happens, I'm not even going to look further than them. Yeah, and you know you've always got LSU lurking there. Um, you know, Texas A&M, Auburn, these teams that are always really good are lurking there, but I'm with you. I just, uh, I don't see a world where they've got two and out for his third season and all of that talent on that team has come back. I, I just can't imagine a world where they're not in the SEC championship game. Totally agree. And I will caveat that statement by saying, I don't think minus 155 or whatever the number that you're going to see around that is, is worthy of a bet. So to me, those odds are not good enough, especially to your earlier point. The depth of the SEC conference is so good that you wouldn't be shocked to see an upset happen and someone else be able to sneak ahead of Alabama to represent the SEC East side. Um, so to me, I would I would stay away from that, but I obviously consider them the the pure on favorite to win. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And we've done this, on, like we said, all of the Power 5 conferences. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Model, this is the heaviest favorite we've seen from any team to, to win the conference, correct? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to redirect us to last year. I know we've, we're going to go into some numbers, but no, I just lied. I totally lied. Clemson was minus 300 to win the SEC. That's right. Okay, Clemson. So you know the ACC is not as deep as the SEC, so that that would explain why. But when you look at a, a top to bottom conference like the SEC, it, it is shocking that one team is is such a heavy favorite here. Um, but I do want to direct us back to last season because. Obviously, the biggest threat, I think, to Alabama is going to be Georgia. And they met in the SEC championship game last year. It was a thrilling, riveting game. I actually was one of – I know Georgia lost, um, but it was one of my favorite football games to watch because my fiancé really got into the game. And I've never seen her get very animated about a football game. Yeah. And then this game happened. And I'll just brief you. So Georgia jumped out to a really big lead and – I thought they had it. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they play out, they start playing really conservative. Alabama starts chipping away. Jalen Hurts comes in for Tua. And I'm like, this game is over. Georgia's going to win. And 
classic Georgia fans, they've been jaded over years and years of misery and failed shots. Uh, she just kept calling. She's like, no, no, they're going to lose. And then once Alabama took the lead, there's like four minutes left to go in the game. I'm like, what? there's still plenty of time. There's four minutes to go. You got the ball. And she stormed out the room. She slammed the door. She started watching <laughs> Jeopardy in the other room. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is amazing because that is something that I would do when I'm watching the Giants. So I thought that was fantastic. Quick little aside there. Well, let, um, let's double click into Georgia for a second for why we may want to think that that's going to happen again this year in the championship game. So I'm going to bring to you a couple data points that will support me thinking that they're going to make it again. The first is I'm going to start with their schedule. God, they have a amazing schedule this year. They, I don't know how they pulled this off, but they only have a couple away games and many of their away games are total walkovers in my opinion so their toughest game away is at auburn and um i guess if you consider at neutral sites games they have obviously florida at a neutral site so those are the two games that in my opinion they need to sneak by and even if they lose one i still think that um they would still have a good possibility of coming out as the sec west representative um the other thing I would just add for Georgia is that they get to avoid Alabama and LSU just based on some SEC scheduling this year. So because they don't play any of those guys and a lot of the other SEC opponents do, to me that's going to be an obvious leg up because I would anticipate Alabama and LSU actually doing very well this year winning those games and putting the likes of Florida and others on the SEC West side uh farther back. Yeah, and they got really lucky with that schedule. I I think this could impact them in terms of the college football playoff. So, you know, if, if they falter anywhere, I think that's going to hurt them. Really, their only really difficult out-of-conference game is Notre Dame this year. Yep. So if, if they stumble even a little bit, I think that's that could potentially hurt them in the playoff. So they, mean, they may need to go on a run and, and uh, maybe only lose one game this season. But you're right, avoiding Alabama, avoiding LSU, I mean, that is huge for them in terms of their odds and chances to win the SEC. So the other thing that I would add for Georgia is that they're returning a decent amount of people on defense. So their defense was pretty good last year. Uh, They were giving up about 19 points a game. Their defensive returning production is 72%, good enough for 36. So uh, pretty high compared to all the other teams. Um, They do lose a bunch on offense. They only returned 53% of offensive production, good for 99th overall. So definitely one of the worst teams to do that. So you are kind of seeing them reload on offense, but given that they have a really solid quarterback in, in from, I actually think that that's something that they can, uh, can persevere through and come back and actually be able to have some pretty good offensive production. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what Jake from does this year. Obviously I think he's going to declare for the draft after this season. I think he's a really good quarterback. He's obviously not as gifted as Tua. He's not quite the runner and athlete as some of these other quarterbacks that we've seen coming out. Um, But he is a great quarterback. He's had this team in positions to win championships uh, as long as he's been the starter. And the other thing to look at, too, is their recruiting class. So under Kirby Smart, they've had an incredible recruiting class. Last year, they had the top-rated recruiting class. This year, they have the second-highest recruiting class. So despite bringing back a ton of people, they're also reloading at the same time with players that are probably going to contribute that didn't play last year that that are going to have a big impact. Yes, so all of that's to say um, I am most intrigued by looking at a Georgia plus 300 number. Um, I don't think to me it's it's good enough to to take a bite on, but if I were to go a route – I would be taking that number, rooting for Georgia to make the, the conference championship, and then seeing kind of how it went from there, either 
hedging or just kind of letting it ride. Um, everything else is to me is kind of a no-go that I'll stay away from. But um, just to clarify, once my model actually gets going in week four, where I can actually project what I think teams are going to do and c- compare them to actual future numbers, we'll talk more about this. But to me, uh, I'm saying no bet. My most interesting thing here in the SEC is Georgia at plus 300. Okay. Now, I actually may bet Georgia plus 300. Oh. Uh, yes. Now, AK might not like me to do this because I'm not supposed to be betting a ton right now as we're paying for our wedding. Uh, but if I'm betting on any team and I bet on her team, it might be all right because here's what I actually think, and here's my logic. I really envision Georgia winning the SEC West, so I do think they're going to make the SEC championship. I think they're going to play Alabama, and if that happens and I put down a bet on them plus 300, that sets up a fantastic opportunity to hedge my bet and see what happens. So if I think Georgia's on a roll and they got a chance, maybe I just roll the dice and gamble a little bit, baby. If I think that Alabama is going to repeat and defeat them again in horrific fashion, then I might hedge my bet and win some money either way. You know, if you were a true Georgia fan, you wouldn't even be saying that H word. How dare you? (laughs) Well, listen, it's still early. Okay. The season hasn't started yet. I'm just saying these are things that I might do, but I can't even hedge it. I don't even have the opportunity if I don't initially bet them plus 300 in a futures bet. That's fair. You can talk me into that. All right. So before we move on from this SEC stuff, I just want to talk to you about Texas A&M schedule for a second. I have it pulled up in front of me. I feel for Jimbo Fisher, and it takes a lot for me to say that, but his year number two in Texas A&M, you know, I can't imagine the expectations have to be that high. Here are the some of their opponents that they're playing this year, and I'm going to skip the cupcakes, but they have Clemson, Auburn, Ooh. Alabama, Ooh. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Georgia, and LSU. Damn. Yeah, that's brutal. So that is rough. I uh, I don't have their you know overall win uh, win total pulled up in front of me, but I imagine if I had to take a guess, I would bet it's right around seven and a half. And to me, if if they come in at eight wins or something like that, just given their schedule, to me that is a huge win for Jimbo Fisher. Now, I will say their 2020 uh, schedule next year gets much, much easier. They substitute uh, Colorado in for, I think, a Clemson, for example. So it definitely gets better, and I would have higher higher expectations of Jimbo Fisher next year. But this year, you just got to say, if they can make one upset to my uh, friends, my my friend texted me, his name's Tommy. If he can, they just can just pull one out, then I'm like, okay, that's probably good enough. Yeah, and I mean, they're such a long shot right now to win it. So, you know, maybe keep an eye on them. Uh, I will say I don't feel bad for Jimbo Fisher at all. Not one reason why. <laughs> you want to know why? Is it dollars? Yes. He signed a 10-year, $75 million contract with Texas A&M. I don't give a fuck about his schedule or how hard it is. <laughs> That's fair. And he's got a pretty good quarterback in Mond uh, yeah. there as well. So, yep. Ah. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on them, but um, I think what you're going to look at here is, uh, at least from my standpoint, you're going to see another rematch of Alabama-Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, All right, so there you have it. I'm betting Georgia plus 300. Now, you heard it here first, folks, so put me down, Mr. Model, officially mark it, put it on the record. All right, I'm going to make sure we loop back on this in the future and either make fun of ourselves or just give you a big kudos. (laughs) I really like the futures, man. Everything I've been reading and hearing from professional gamblers is futures is a great way to 
win some money. Obviously, there's higher risks because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I think, like we've said in the previous episodes, we will do a full uh, futures bet on different scenarios, games, team overall wins, things like that. So we're going to really get everybody ready for football season once things get closer. But that is a wrap on the Power Five. And we're going to do some more futures down the road. I like it. And I would even love to do some uh, win, win loss or some totals, some win totals yeah. with you in the future, too. Absolutely. Uh, all right, my friend, Mr. Model, it is time to segue into our next segment. It is a fan favorite. It's one that we really enjoy doing. It is time for another installment of Crossfire. Crossfire, 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 Crossfire. Now, for the listeners who may not know, this is a <laughs> segment where uh, Aaron and I ask one person gets to ask the questions to the other. The person asking the questions has not informed the person answering what these questions are. Just kind of a general theme, so you have no knowledge, and you just got to answer off the cuff. Now, you've peppered me twice. That's right. It's my time to get back at you. So this is your second crossfire. How are you feeling going into it, my friend? Oh, not great. (laughs) The only thing you've told me off air is that your questions tend to focus on pop culture. And if anyone knows the model, I... I'm not bringing my power to pop culture at all. Yeah. Well, listen, I've beaten you in every pop culture challenge, right? Uh, so uh, I figure I got to expose you to this. Okay. Now I watched Inglorious Bastards last night and they got a perfect line that I think, I think would fit for you. He goes, you know how you get to Carnegie hall, don't you practice? <laughs> so we're going to practice the pop culture for you, man. <laughs> I like that. I like so, that. I told you before we went on air that the uh, breakdown here is about 95% movies and TV and about 5% sports. That Uh might even be a little generous to that 5%. Uh So I've got 10 questions lined up for you here, okay? Hmm. The first five, which we're going to do first, is just called finish the movie quote. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Now, I gave you a couple of uh, things that I consider a cupcake and a couple that I would consider to be a little on the more difficult side, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Let's roll. Okay. The first quote comes from the movie Jaws. <laughs> the quote is, you're going to need a bigger blank. Boat. My man. There's one. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea what context that's in, but I feel like I've heard other people say you're going to need a bigger boat somewhere in another movie or something. Exactly. It's a very, very common phrase. It's been just entered into the pop culture lexicon. Uh, Have you seen Jaws? Uh, Yes, years ago. Okay. Well, that makes me happy. So like I told you, start with an easy one. I think this next one is also an easy one. (laughs) This comes from the movie Star Wars. Okay. Now, the quote is, Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only blank. Mm. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only blank. Hope. Yes. All right. There's two. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now, we're starting to get a little more difficult here. Uh Uh-oh. This Uh comes from the movie Casablanca. I've seen that. Hey, all right. <laughs> the quote is, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful blank. Friendship. My man, all right, oh. you got three. <laughs> oh, shit, look at you. Oh, building all right. confidence, building confidence. Here we go, come on. Number four, from the movie Dirty Dancing. Uh-oh, okay. 
Nobody puts baby in a blank. Bassinet. Oh, no. <laughs> you took that one a little too literal there, pal. <laughs> uh, okay, so hold on. If I remember correctly, baby is one of the older... I mean, it's, she. it's a girl, first of all, question mark. Correct. And she is one of the... Is she the one who's kind of more tough looking? She's the main character. Okay. Oh, shit. Baby. She's the one who is shit. dancing with Patrick Swayze, played by Jennifer Grey. She is Baby, the main character. Okay, so you don't put Baby in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you got your dad mode on right now. <laughs> the answer is corner. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. Oh. Never would have gotten that one. That's okay. All right. Well, you got three. You got one wrong. So here comes your last one. Ready? Yep. It comes from the movie The Godfather. Ooh. Leave the gun. Take the blank. I'm going to say knife. That is a bad guess. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you a a deep cut from that movie, okay? Because that's not one of the – it's a famous quote. Let's be honest. Okay. Do you want to take one more guess? Olive oil. Now you're getting a little more warm. The answer is cannoli. Leave uh, the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, oh, man. All right. Hey, I, you did better than I thought you did. You got three right there. Okay. All right. Nicely done. Okay. So now we're just getting into more open-ended questions. Um, kind of current events from pop culture. Um, just a bunch of random stuff here. Okay. All right. Okay. Netflix recently announced that two of their most watched shows on their platform will be leaving in 2020. What are those two shows? Oh, shit. Now, let me clarify. I think I messed up slightly. Netflix recently announced that two of the most watched shows on their platform will be leaving in 2020. What are those two shows? One I feel confident about. I think it's The Office. Okay. The other... Let's see. It has to be something that is not Netflix generated content. And what's That's a popular correct. show? I don't know. I'm just going to guess, and this probably isn't right, but I'll say like Parks and Rec. Ooh, very close. The answer is Friends. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. You got one and one there. That's 50%. Not, not terrible. Okay. Question number two. By the way, you still at 10% model? I'm, I'm building. I'm building. I'm at- be feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're doing pretty good. Uh, okay, 2019 Emmy nominations were announced, Uh-oh. not including not including technical awards. Which show has the most nominations? Okay, you're gonna have to remind me. Emmy is for television. Te- okay, television. Primetime Emmy awards. So, and you're asking me which show received the most nominees? Yes, not including technical awards. Can I have a hint? Is it? Is it something that came from either Amazon or Netflix? No. Ooh. And not know that you can't have a hint. It's the answer to that question that you asked is no. <laughs> right. So then, okay. So then my my mind immediately shifts to HBO because I think everything else on TV is garbage. That so if correct. I had to go HBO, fuck, what are some of the HBO shows? Uh, I will guess that it is True Detective. Incorrect. Ah, damn. I know that's an older series. I mean, I'll give you a clue, too. We've discussed the show at length on this very podcast. It's not The Sopranos, is it? That's that's done. That's done. Oh, Game of Thrones. There you go. All right. Come on. All right. That's all right. You got that one wrong. But hey, 
not not bad. You you got it in the right realm. All right. This one's gonna be hard. Uh-oh. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has a new movie coming out next week. It will be his ninth f- directed film. How many Quentin Tarantino movies can you name? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, do I get credit for like a bunch of the sequels? So if I said Kill so Bill. I'll, so I'll give you credit. Kill Bill 1 and 2 I'm counting as one movie. So there, that's okay. the one. You got that correct. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. That's correct. There's two. Pulp Fiction. That's three. What's the one with like the like the dirty seven or the like they're all cowboys and the, they all end up killing each other. God, I saw the movie. That is the question I'm asking you, sir. It's, You're very close. <laughs> it's like the magnificent seven or something. That is a old Western. It's a classic movie, not made by Tarantino, but you're very close. Ah, damn it. Do you want the answer to that one? Yes. Yes. The hateful eight. Ah, the hateful eight. Okay. Um, there was one that was uh, martial arts focused, if I'm remembering correctly. Eh, kind of would say that's Kill Bill. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, I think I'm stuck. Okay. Uh, I'll give him a tune order. So you got Reservoir Dogs, you got Pulp Fiction, then he did Jackie Brown. Never then, heard of it. Then he did Kill Bill 1 and 2. This one I kind of want to strike from the record. He did a movie called Death Proof, which was part of Grindhouse, which was not a good movie in my opinion. Then he did Inglorious Bastards, which I just mentioned uh, to you. Uh, uh, then he did Django Unchained. We mentioned The Hateful Eight, and his newest one is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Huh. Okay. Well, I didn't think you were going to get that one. I said that was hard. I actually didn't know that he did Inglorious Bastards. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, okay. The one and only sports question. Uh, yes. Next. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby were last week. Who won the Home Run Derby? Oh, shit. <laughs> Would you like to know the team this person was on? No. Okay. It was It was a young guy. Yep. Um, I know Pete Alonzo was his final match in, you know, the, his matchup. And this was a guy, uh, was it Vlad Jr.? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you credit here. Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Pete Alonzo actually won and uh, beat Vlad Jr. So I'm going to give uh, you credit for that. That's, that's actually, I'm going to give you credit. That's all right. All right. right. Uh, you want to know a fun fact about Pete Alonzo and the Home Run Derby? Of course. So this year, the Home Run Derby added a $1 million prize to the winner, which is pretty cool. Now, a lot of guys don't need that money, but Pete Alonzo makes $500,000 this year, and that $1 million bonus is pretty fucking sweet in one day. <laughs> good, good job by him. Good job by him. Okay, I think you have about a less than 0% chance to get this last question correct. <laughs> you just got to throw it out there. <laughs> Thus far in 2019, there is only one movie in the top 10 box office domestically in terms of earnings that is an original movie, meaning not a comic book, not a sequel, not a remake. Can you name this movie? Can you give me the genre? It is a horror movie. Ooh. I hate horror movies. My wife refuses to watch <laughs> I have not seen this movie. <laughs> God, no, dude, I got nothing. 
The movie is called Us, created by Jordan Peele. Wow. Yeah. How about that? He that, uh, is of the Get Out fame and Key and Peele. He was a comedian and now is making incredible horror movies. Wow. Good job by him. Right? I just thought that was really interesting. It says a lot about the state of movies right now that only one movie in the top 10 is an original movie. So how would you rate my performance on pop culture questions? I got to tell you, man, you did much better than I thought. I thought I was coming at you with some heat. Uh, I give you a solid B plus on that, man. I'll take that. I'll take that yeah. for sure. The Tarantino one was impossible. The movie, uh, the only original one, I knew that was going to be impossible. You did better on the movie quotes than I thought you did. A little disappointed you didn't get Game of Thrones, but hey, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Can I just say I'm most looking forward to turning the tables and doing the next uh, crossfire where I get to ask you questions? I believe it, man. This segment's fantastic. <laughs> I love being on both the giving and the receiving side of this. That's great. Anything else? <laughs> that's it for Crossfire, man. Love it. Hey, we're getting each day closer to football. Just keep that in the back of everyone's mind. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, make sure that you check out everything that we plugged at the beginning of the podcast. Come to our website. Uh, give us listens, reviews, uh, even send us a voicemail. Yeah. Uh, we love that. Love the voicemails. Mark Wahlberg left one last week. You should too. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. That is episode 39 in the books. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's oh, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.